Awesome. Welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We bring you the key success principles for business, personal finance, and leadership to empower you with the tools and strategies to help you live your best life. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. Now, today we're excited to bring to you an installment from our signature Voyager interview series as we probe the minds of experts from all walks of life to bring you 10 questions and the expert answers that can change your life. So today's topic is live your life on purpose. If you want to move past your limiting beliefs, fears, and phobias, you will love our special guest. I'm pleased to introduce Sally Wagner of Intentional Life Coaching, who's a speaker, author, lawyer, real estate broker, she's my twin, and life alchemist. Sally employs EFT, NLP, and trauma-aware modalities, so her coaching clients launch into action for rapid, concrete results as they ditch unwanted habits, behaviors, fears, phobias, and limiting beliefs. Now, Sally, having looked at your profile, I would call you a classic multipreneur. That's what Pink Passport Society is all about, so yay. Um, with your storied and multi-pronged business lines. So please tell the listeners a little about yourself and how you made the jump from attorney to life coach, if you will. Sure. Thank you so much. So I, I'll start a long time ago, but I'll make it brief. <laughs> uh, when I was first in college, I started out as a physics major, and then oh I ended up in theology, uh, physics to metaphysics, and that was going to be the trajectory for me. I was going to become a professor and all those fabulous things, and then I got distracted. I went to law school. I did all the things we're supposed to do, right, and uh, many years later, I just still had this passion for the science and the, the mysticism and all of that stuff, and along the way, I had started working with people with EFT, emotional freedom techniques, and so I just thought, I, I've got to do this. This is what my calling is. And so I started doing that. I got some more training. And I just started adding more pieces to that with uh, the life coaching and the NLP and the trauma-aware modalities. And that was it. It was just uh, uh, answering what I believe my purpose is. Absolutely. Well, it's good that you found your purpose. And more important, that you listened because... Yes. You know, we, we do get wrapped up in our shoulds, don't we? We do. <laughs> so Sally, some, so many areas I know that we could delve into, but why don't we start with similar to the age old question, if you will, you know how they say our leaders born are made. So I think the same question applies to, are we all born with the fears, phobias, phobias and limiting beliefs, or do they just come and invade us at some point? When might they rear their ugly heads? I think that they start before we're even born. Okay. Uh, and there's a research and personality development, brain development research that shows that, um, you know, and, and seeing this little newborn in my daughter's house now. <laughs> um, it, but, it, you know, we start forming those uh, beliefs, if you will, about the world and how the mm -hmm. world works based on you know, before we're even born, are we in a, a loving, caring environment where people are welcoming us or are the people afraid and perhaps not so happy about our arrival? And all of those things, you know, when we're born, can we trust that the people around us are going to care for us on a, on a regular basis or 
uh, are we afraid that we're not going to get fed and all of those things, you know, so it really starts before we're born and it continues as we pick up all of those beliefs from the people around us and they're not necessarily experts, right? Because they picked yeah. up beliefs from the people around them and I call it mind apps. It's like paradigms, but it's like on your phone, you know, we have these mind apps that, that kind of really make us run on autopilot as these things continue to be installed in us based on society and culture and our families and all of those sources. You know, as you were, you were speaking, I was kind of remembering, uh, hearkening back, if you will, to high school, because we did touch on that, you know, um, nature and nurture and all those things that you know, once you graduate, you don't necessarily use except for the few of us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so for high achieving women, if you will, I posit that many have watched or read or at least heard of The Secret, if you will, uh, which in, in oversimplification of the concept concepts speak to some degree about having uh, a positive mindset or if you dream it, you can achieve it. Now, of course, I'm paraphrasing. But why isn't positive thinking enough to move us forward towards achieving our goals? Well, I encapsulate it in an acronym that I use. It's MSG, Mindset, Skill Set, Get Off Your Asset. Uh, the mindset is super important, obviously. We, we have to be positive and, and believe in our own self-efficacy that what we do does determine how we live our lives. And sometimes we need a new skill set to make that happen, right? Sure. We're, we're not necessarily born with all of those tools that we need. And as wonderful as all that may be, if we don't take action, nothing is going to happen. So there's a lot more than just wishful thinking and, and positive mindset. It's not that we're Peter Pan, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and we think happy thoughts and everything is okay. We have to take action to make things happen. You know, I would say that... Um... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful. And I say that many women have been able to lean into resilience and in dealing with and living through the past epic seasons that we've all gone through. Um, but how does resilience also, if you will, help us when we're not in a pandemic? Why is this important? Well, again, studies show that resilience is so important. And I, I think resilience is MSG put into practice. Um, and we build resilience in four major areas of life. Uh, physical resilience, you know, we got to be strong and, and healthy physically. Sure. Uh, emotional resilience, social resilience, uh, mental resilience, all of those areas. And they, they help us to stay focused, to be able to accomplish the goals that we set, to be able to develop the systems and the processes that will get us to those goals. And studies show that they actually help us live longer uh, mm. because we have more healthful lives. We're less uh, prone to inflammatory disease and all of those things of the modern age. So resilience is one of those fabulous skill sets that we can learn. A lot of people think you're either resilient or you're not, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, we can actually learn how to be resilient. So just so I'm clear, because um, I mean, I, I feel like you know, sometimes you say words with the assumption that everyone understands what you mean, but just in case. Now, when I'm using resilience, I'm kind of looking at the bounce back factor, being able to bounce yes. back from hard blows. Yes. Is that how you're using it also? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. And in those four specific areas, you know, how, how well are we able to bounce back physically when we're harmed or injured in some way? Uh, or just the stress of daily living? Uh, how resilient are we emotionally, uh, mentally, socially, all of those things? So yeah, it's the socially part that made me just go back and restate that. So what is social resilience? I don't, I'm not familiar with that. So uh, social resilience is how we interact with our communities, how we okay. give back to our communities, okay. uh, how we uh, find a purpose greater than ourselves. Okay. That's part of resilience. And, and that is very important in determining how successful we are in achieving our goals. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure we're having the same conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I... Um, I, you know, I was trying to do a little bit of homework just to make sure we we're uh, copacetic. And I know that you're, you focus on uh, being intentional and helping your clients consciously choose the life they want. Now, in some of my videos, I've spoken about becoming an active participant in your life. So might be close, but how does one realize that they're drifting through life? And what are some signs that maybe it's time to get some help to grow and become? So one of the things is that feeling of being successfully discontent. You know, maybe your life looks really good on paper. That's how I felt. Uh, and it doesn't feel so good inside. There's that disconnect between mm -hmm. how good it should feel and, and the reality of how it, it feels inside. Um, it, sometimes it's that sort of thing. Sometimes it's a repeated pattern that we have in life. You know, oh gosh, I, I seem to get myself into the same situation okay. over and over again mm -hmm. with relationships or jobs or this or that, you know, and it's as if we're running on autopilot. We're not yeah. really making conscious choices about what we want to do and how we want to live. Autopilot should be right up there with one of the, how many, how many deadly sins we have? It's yeah, yeah. yeah it, it really, it, make it eight now. <laughs> okay, because it really, I know where a lot of us get caught, especially when you get busy, you're just trying to get through it. So yeah, yeah it's a tough one. Now, yeah. you know, that said, and I know you know this, uh, life is coming at us in double barrels, right? So it's enough to blow our hair back as I call it. Yeah. Um, so how do we slow down enough to even begin to assess the need for coaching? One thing is it does take a purposeful slowing down just to be mindful about things. Think about what you're thinking about. Uh, notice what you're noticing. We all hear those phrases, right? And uh, the way to start, because it's not always easy to realize what we're thinking, what we're telling ourselves. But if you, if you understand that our thoughts determine our feelings, our feelings determine our actions, our actions determine our results, mm -hmm. and then our results are going to reinforce those thoughts. Mm. So if you have any question about it, just look at the results you're getting in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like those results, trace it back. Go, well, what action did I take? Uh, you know, what action did I take 30 days ago that resulted in this today? Hmm. Uh, diet, you know, that's, that's pretty immediate, right? Well, yeah, that, <laughs> look, we, we yeah. can't go, we can't go there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, no, we can't talk about that. You know, what, what did I feel when I took that action? Or what thought did I have that prompted me to feel in that way? Hmm. And, and you see how we get into that cycle. And yeah. so when you're first starting out, the easiest way to interrupt the cycle is to look at the results. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I know there are different modalities in working with 
clients, for example. So who might be a good candidate for group coaching versus one-on-one coaching? Because I, I just don't know that that would work for everyone. So Sure. Um, so group coaching is uh, going to be more generic, you know, um, and uh, it, it may take longer. Group coaching is fabulous. I love it. I've done it, uh, you know, I, for people and I participated in it myself. Mm. Um, one-on-one coaching is uh, going to be more targeted to the individual and potentially faster to get okay. results. So it's, is it a matter of timing? Then it's like, I need to be, no, I'm on. I, I was going to say something. I know you're going to call me. I was going to say, I need to be fixed right now. And I know that's not the problem <laughs> statement. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, my perception, if you will, and probably many others, uh, is that coaching involves some heavy lifting on the part of the client. Now, uh, I know some folks are resistant to change, even though they recognize the need. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does coaching ensure the client's success or at least set the client up to succeed since they're actually the ones that have to do the work. Right. So you're right. The, the work is done by the, the client. The, the person who's doing the coaching uh, is kind of a, a guide, you know, uh, and it, it really is an accelerator uh, for people to make the change. Uh, and again, you're right. People are resistant to change. It's scary. Uh, but real life happens on the other side of that fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm not going to get it right, but Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith says that we're often pushed by fear until we're pulled by the vision of the life we're called to create for ourselves. And, and so we have that tension between the, the, the fear of change, uh, you know, even as bad as it may be, uh, and that, that dream life that we have. And mm-hmm. when we can begin to be called more by the vision then we are afraid of the change, then that's where the magic happens. And so that's, that's an, a, an important step that each person has to find for themselves, right? Um, and the coach can guide them to do that. And coaching, when done correctly, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this is my part of the, the, the equation, sure. it's going to enable the person to have tools of their own so that they're not dependent on the coach. Right. Uh, perfect example is EFT, emotional freedom techniques. As you learn it, you can do it for yourself. You're not dependent on me or any other practitioner. Uh, so that's the goal uh, to kind of work myself out of business, I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I'm not sure if you've heard the term, but when I, I probably when I was in school, uh, you know, we have the professional student. That means someone who just keeps taking classes without actually doing anything with what they've learned, right? Yeah. Um, is there such a thing as a professional coachee? Can there be too much coaching? Oh, sure. And, and that's all part of the, the fear of taking action, mm. you know, is the procrastination, the, and perhaps there's a bit of perfectionism behind it. You know, oh, I, I don't have it all yet. I, I just need to learn this one more thing, this one more thing, and then I'm going to do it. No, just do it imperfectly. Just do it. Take massive imperfect action now, right? Uh, and I think for some people, there could be that tendency to get caught up in, I've just got to do one more coaching program or one more this, you know, um, the, the goal is to live, not just think about it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it something? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> who'd, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> That's what we're supposed yeah. to be doing, right? Right. Um, 
Okay, but honestly, to be fair, and I know you know this, there are a lot of life coaches available. So how should one go about choosing the right fit to help them move forward? Very important. And it's a very personal decision. Um, think about, you know, what you're wanting to accomplish and is, and I hate to say it comes down to feeling and yet, you know, studies, I keep referring to studies, studies show that we are basing our decisions on emotion anyway, mm -hmm. and feeling anyway, and then we find all the reasons to justify the decision. And so it, there needs to be that sense of connection and trust. Uh, because, it, you know, sometimes in coaching, people talk about very personal things that mm -hmm. have happened. Um, and so you need to have that level of trust and that level of um, being willing to be accountable. Uh, because the, the coach is not necessarily just a cheerleader uh, coach is going to mm -hmm. help you be accountable to do the things you said. And and I've, I've been in horrible coaching situations where it was absolutely the wrong coach for me. I've been in fabulous coaching situations. And so it does happen. Uh, so I would just encourage people to don't rush into a decision. Uh, take it slowly. Maybe. Um, so for me, I offer complimentary sessions. You know, so does the coach offer a complimentary session to determine if you really are going to feel comfortable working with this person? Or are they, yeah, I'm happy to talk with you for a thousand dollars an hour kind of thing, you know, um, but take the time to really consider if this is going to be a good fit for you personally. You know, you mentioned briefly uh, the term accountability. And when I hear that, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to, to, to ask you to explain that a little bit, because, you know, I think about, I don't know if you ever watched the show, there used to be the show called The Biggest Loser. And then mm -hmm. you had the one uh, trainer, Jill, I think her name is Jill. And she's yeah. like totally at what, level 12, just totally screaming in your face, which I just don't see that would be effective for me. And then there's the other guy whose name I don't remember, <laughs> but he was a lot more quiet. And I'm like, I could almost hear what he had to say, just supposing I was there. And yeah. I don't think that that's what coaching accountability is like, but what does that really mean? You can't, I, I just said, you can't yell at adults. I just don't think that's appropriate. No. No, I mean, what does that accomplish, right? Yeah. But the thing is, you know, we know that we cannot hold ourselves accountable. Um, it, we're, we're so in the jar, we can't see the label or, you know, sometimes people- Oh, I haven't heard that. Okay. You, Interesting. You, you know, you, you can't see the picture because you're inside the frame. Okay. okay. We're so involved, we can't hold ourselves accountable. It's so easy for us to, you know, let things slide. Oh, I, you know, I'll just sleep in a little bit today or I'll eat the cookie or, you know, whatever. Um, and- to have not somebody who's going to fuss at us about, oh, you were so bad, but just to ask us to be thoughtful about it. Okay, you ate the cookie. And what was the consequence of that? You mm -hmm. know, to really make ourselves think about what was that choice all about? Why did I choose to eat the cookie? Was it because I was upset? Was it because I was hungry? What, you know, what was the reason? Mm -hmm. uh, and so the coach is there to help us get to those levels of thought so that we can be accountable for what our goals are. Okay, well, that's okay. That's better. 
So no Jill's hanging around the corner. Okay, good. No, no, no screaming. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you will, what is one technique that you can share today that can help our audience with the challenge that they may be facing right now? Yeah. So I would say, go back to that sequence of, you know, thoughts determine feelings, feelings determine actions, actions determine results, and then we reinforce it. And if you have a challenge, then look at what the challenge was or is and trace it back so that you can kind of dissect it and, and disassemble it to understand where you got to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes there are things that happen and we absolutely have no input. You know, things happen in life and sometimes not so good things happen in life. And so it might not be helpful to do that for a situation such as that, you know, an mm -hmm. accident or an illness or something. But if it's uh, something that we feel may maybe we've had a part in it, <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking of a relationship or a job situation. If we can deconstruct it and try to get back to those original thoughts, then we can change our thinking and when we change our thinking, we're going to get a different result ultimately. And I don't think we touched on it yet, but it sounds like from talking, I'm, I'm hearing this word that keeps coming up. It's like, I feel like it's like taking ownership of your decisions. Yeah. And so I, I'm guessing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that part of the process is helping the person get to taking ownership so that they can then, I'm not a coach, I'm just making it up, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, no, you, is you that, are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because again, things happen, uh, you know, because of external forces and we had no part in it. And yet there are many times when we did have a part in it. And so, as you say, taking ownership of it, you know, what part did I play in this situation that happened at work or that happened in my relationship or that happened with my health? Mm -hmm. um, and being able to understand our role so that if we don't like the result, we can change the role that we have. Uh, and when we change all of that, everything is going to change. Adulting. <laughs> that's, that's a word I learned a couple years ago. It's so appropriate, though, because I have resisted for such a long time. Yeah. Um, now, Sally, you've got a lot going on, honestly. So what is your go-to daily success uh, routine? Ah, so uh, I usually get up pretty early and I, I have some quiet time. I do some, uh, you know, meditation type things, some focusing, some goal setting, goal writing, all of those kinds of things, clearing my mind so, so that I can be refreshed and ready for the day. And to take it a step back, the night before, I set my intention for what my day is going to be. So I don't leave it to chance. I don't wonder what kind of day I'm going to have when I wake up. Because the night before, I tell myself, I set my intention now to have a fabulous day filled with, and then I decide what it's going to be filled with. Uh, laughter, gratitude, joy, family, you know, whatever it is. And I wake up with that expectation. And when we wake up with those expectations, then the expectation is going to be fulfilled. I, I, I do understand the part about, um, you know, writing down your, checking your schedule, planning your schedule for the day, but, and I had heard of setting the intention, but I thought that was in the morning, but doing it the night before is probably more reinforcing. So, oh, yes. awesome. 
Yes. So, um, so as a parting a mobile maker tip, what is the one thing every businesswoman should know? I would say, if I can, three things okay. uh, to achieve goals. First thing, and I just mentioned it, write it down. Mm -hmm. uh, when we write down our goals, we increase our chances of success to 56%. Wow. And the next thing is share it with somebody. This is part of the accountability part, right? And uh, develop action steps, daily steps that you can take toward your goals. When you do that, your chances of success go up to 64%. And then the third thing is report back to your accountability partner every week on your progress. Oh. And you increase your chances of success to 76%. Wow. Yeah, that three almost, simple things. That is those percentages though, that's such a big change. I mean, yeah, it's like, okay, I can do this. It sounds like. Right. Well, especially because you think about the success rate when we set New Year's resolutions and oh, usually wow. around diet, 92% failure rate. And well, if we can go from 92% failure rate to 76% success rate with just three simple things, wow. You know, I, I don't do resolutions anymore because I'm like the rest of the world. Like, that just doesn't actually work. But I do, do set goals. And I'm wondering... Yeah, I've always avoided being, for the longest time, I've avoided being reflective. But now, you know, we've had two years to grow up. So I've, I've grown up real quick. And yeah. uh, I'm not, I don't, I'm more thoughtful, I suppose. And I'm sure that's just part of growing up. But um, I resisted it for the longest time. So now it's a lot, I don't want to use the word easier because that's not accurate either. But, um, but that awareness and the new thought processes that I'm just saying we develop, it's like we just were born two years ago and that's not true, but uh, it has certainly impacted the way I think we view the world or certainly the way I do. So anyway, this has been super helpful. I feel like um, we covered a lot in yeah. a very short period of time. So any final thoughts uh, to offer our listeners before we part? Um, I have a couple of quotes in mind. I'll choose one of them um, as my favorite. Too. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, it's from Howard Thurman, who was a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because mm -hmm. what the world needs is people who have come alive. Yeah. And I, I would encourage anyone to do that. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and do it because definitely that's what the world needs. Awesome. Um, okay, well, really, I've had a good time. I, I feel like slightly more educated. You make me want to sit up a little bit straighter, Sally. Um, so as we close, how can people reach you or find out more about what you and, uh, you know, what you offer and your services or find you on social media, whatever it is you want to share? Sure. My website is intentionallifecoaching.net. Well, very good, Sally. I think that's us. And thank you so much for being here and sharing yourself with my uh, adoring audience. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs>